Episode 79 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by Inked and Screened Etsy Shop. So please visit www.inkedandscreened.com to check out all of their great products, including their vinyl decals, wooden keychains, posters, and screened shirts, two of which we will be giving away today. Plus, you can use an exclusive coupon code. It's OutlanderCast. Just one word, OutlanderCast. And that's going to give you 25% off any purchase. Welcome to OutlanderCast with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hello, everyone. Welcome, one. Welcome, all. That's right, ladies and gents. Due to an overwhelmingly popular demand, we are proud to present this bonus episode of Outlander Cast, a complete and comprehensive review of Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica. So even if you haven't seen BSG, but you've thought about checking it out, don't worry, because we're starting this episode with a non-spoiler review of the show. Then we're going to follow it up with an in-depth spoiler conversation for those of you who have seen it. So whether you're a Cylon, a Colonial, the one true god or the lord of Kobol, get ready to spool your FTLs because we're in the fracking ship and the board is green. This is really exciting. <laughs> uh, so exciting that I have my volume up on my phone. Uh, we are doing multiple things at the same time in this episode. Uh, we have a brand new Facebook Live setup. So those of you who are watching us live, we want to see in the comments where you're from, whether you've seen. So if you have seen BSG, give a thumbs up. And if you have not seen BSG, give a heart because we all still heart Ron Moore whether you've seen it or not. So you know, hold on, before you continue, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Kirsten Lang, who is coming at us from Scotland. Yay! And it is now like 12 a.m. there. Oh my goodness. And she is listening and watching on Facebook Live. Welcome. And I'm, Welcome, I'm really Kirsten. pumped. Because you, you want to know why I'm really, really pumped? Tell me. Because I got her into BSG. Yes! That, that's that's oh all gosh, I'm going to say. Oh my gosh, welcome, even more so. Very exciting. Yes, awesome. I'm so, really pumped about it. So we saw a lot of thumbs up. I think I saw a lot of people who have been able to watch BSG and give some hearts if you have not watched it yet. And if this is a replay for you, you can still give the hearts and the, and the thumbs up. <laughs> no problems. So um, we're really excited to watch BSG. Blake, can you give a little backstory on how you got into Battlestar Galactic? Yeah, actually I can. I... I wasn't a huge fan. You know, I just kind of missed BSG. I was really into Lost. I was really into 24. Uh, I was still kind of early in my, like, my TV watching mm-hmm. career, you know? I, you know, if you could go along with that, I suppose. Sure. And, um, you know, I just started watching all these different shows, and then I was, then we started podcasting. Yeah. And somebody had mentioned to me, one of my good friends, Brian Davids, who was actually on his own po- podcast called the Film Schlubs Podcast. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, you're doing an Outlander podcast. And you love Star Trek. How, like, can you really even legitimately say to anybody that you are a Ron Moore fan if you have not seen Battlestar Galactica? So what I did was I immediately went to Netflix, and of course all of it was there. Yeah. And I binged it alone. By the way, I binged it alone. 
in about like a week and a half. Where did you binge watch it? Because it is not an easy series to get through in a week and a half. Tell us how you did this. Well, Mary, uh, well, first of all, uh, my daughter, when we first had her, um, my daughter would stay up with me at night. Our little Larson lass. Yeah, Felicity. Felicity. So she would stay up with me late at night and she and I would watch BSG together. We would just watch BSG. So she watched the entirety of it with me. And Mary was either, you know, sleeping because she was really tired from, you know, giving birth, uh, that you whole, know, that whole that shenanigans whole thing. Or when she finally recovered later on, she would be out doing her musical engagements that she would have with the American band. Yep. So when she was gone, I was watching it. And when she was asleep, I was watching it. When I was at work, I was watching it. When I was podcasting, I was watching it. I, I was watching it constantly. I got, I got, oh my God. I got totally. He was addicted. He was hooked. He was addicted, and his love for Ron Moore and oh, yeah. so many other members of the Outlander team just grew even more. So, what are the BSG Outlander connections? Well, the BSG Outlander connections actually have a ton. Well, actually, before this, oh, why don't we go over your connection with BSG and how it all transpired? With what, you. What do you mean, my connection? Do I have a connection? No, your connection. How did you get started on oh it? Oh my like God, me. I thought you were saying that like I had a distant relative in Battlestar Galactica <laughs> and I just got really excited for a hot second. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how it started. I don't remember you how don't it remember? started. I know that I watched it. I know that you told me I had to watch a movie first because I wasn't going to understand everything if I didn't watch the movie yeah, before yeah, well, I started yeah. to watch the it series. Was, it, it was the it was the, sh- the mini the mini series. I that do they know that I would watch you watch this show, and I was so confused <laughs> because people were saying that people were robots, and I was like, "How are people robots?" And I was like, "They're not robots, bro. They're Cylons." I Get was it right. so confused. So can you enlighten me? Because obviously. I was sleep deprived. I know. No, basically, I I I binged the entire series. I had watched it, and I watched it like, like oh my god, I fired through it. And then, as soon as I finished it, it uh, the new season of Outlander was coming up, uh, season two. And I said, Mary, and I said the same exact thing to her that my friend Brian David said to me: You cannot consider yourself a Ron Moore fan mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. don't watch Battlestar Galactica. Yes, to have an informed opinion about. BS uh, uh, Outlander, you needed to watch BSG. Okay, yes. And she did. And I give her credit. We we binged it. We binged it very quickly. So I watched it twice and I really enjoyed it. And I'm pretty sure our baby watched it twice as well. Because <laughs> that may or may she, uh... not be. I can either confirm nor deny that. Yes. So ultimately, the connection between BSG and Outlander is a very serious connection. It's actually a huge connection. And that is the showrunner, Ron Moore. Ron Moore runs Outlander. He ran BSG. BSG was the show that he created prior to Outlander. And it was a while ago. Yeah. No, I think uh, the the BSG finale happened in 2010-ish. I don't know. I watched it on Netflix. So I yeah, have whatever. No idea. And, at, at any rate, it doesn't matter. But there are more connections to Outlander than in BSG. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bear McCreary is the... Composer for Outlander, he was also the composer for Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. And all the music that you will hear today is courtesy of one Bear McCreary. And also his wife, Ray Yarbrough, who is the vocalist for Outlander for the, the theme song. Um, the theme she, you just heard us play? Yeah, the Sing Me a Song. You guys know I'm talking about Skyboat song. Right. Rhea was also the vocalist for Battlestar Galactica. Correct. And she did a lot of like, wah, wah, <laughs> <laughs> no words. 
No words. No just words. very Well, no, actually, she did sing a lot of different languages. Aramaic, Armenian. No words uh, that I understood. No, clearly not. I needed a translator for <laughs> my phone, but she did a great job. She and, really did a lovely job. So then job. we also have uh, a ton of other connections. A lot of the writing staff on BSG um, is now writing on Outlander. Uh, Steve McNutt, who is the DP for Outlander, was the main DP, the director of photography, uh, for Battlestar Galactica. Um, so I'm just, <laughs> it's just basically Ron recreated his BSG staff for Outlander. And I think that is why you see such a huge jump in quality for Outlander, uh, when it, when it comes to other shows. So, but my love, before we go any further, I, I think we should just do a non, we should just get into the non-spoiler review for. Before we get into the review. I would like you to give a, ooh, this is going to be a fun game. I would like you to give a 30-second show synopsis. I'm going to time you of describing. No, no, we can't do that. We can't do that because this, I don't want to spoil anything. No, like lay the groundwork for episode one, two, what people need to know. Because if they're watching this and they have no idea, they need to know what these crazy words are that we're talking about. Ready? On your mark. Well, uh, why you want music? No, well, no. I mean, uh, it's it's fine. On your mark, get set, go. Okay, basically, the uh, BSG is uh, a, a bunch of people that living on this world called Caprica, and then the the they create these things called the the uh, basically they create AI and the Cylons eventually. Yeah, I mean robots. Yeah, the Cylons, which, which they eventually become, they take over the worlds, and there's a big battle between Cylons and the people, and the Cylons are hunting all the people, and the last one ship left is Battlestar Galactica. Done. And, oh my God, that was wicked quick. That was awesome, though. Here we go. Ready? Want to do it? Want to cut me down? I'm going to press it. Okay, ready? Go. Oh my God, your worst fears come true. Robots take over the world and they try to kill every human. People get lost in space. Thank God, except the robots are in space too. So you better hold on to your butts. Robots are Cylons. That's right. Cylons mean robots. So when you hear us say robots or Cylons, it's the same exact thing. And there's like a Navy ship, except it's a spaceship. So there's like admirals and all these kind of things. And that's how they roll. And it's co-ed and everyone's really cool, meaning they're all attracted to each other. All right, done. <laughs> that was, I can't tell if yours was better or mine was better. They were, they were both pretty Our powers pretty combined. Poor. They were both pretty poor. Ron Moore better not listen to this podcast. He'll be like, this is what they describe my show as? This oh, is what they did? They, <laughs> okay. They're co-eds and so, they, they have admirals. That's how they roll? <laughs> oh, wow. God, you're right. Sorry, Ron. Sorry. <laughs> if you are watching, Ron, thank you for watching. But wow, so, that, was, that was bad. When we watch shows, we often rate them. Well, well no, let's, let's just, let, we got to play the music. Oh. Okay. Sorry. I'm bad at reading Google Docs. See, see, now for you Outlander fans, notice, notice the, uh, the bagpipes. This is Battlestar Galactica, baby. It's because it's Bear McCreary and he loves himself some Scottish instruments, <laughs> even if they're outer space. Okay, so every time that we recap a television show, we rate it one out of five. In Outlander, we rate episodes 
five kilts. So one out of five kilts. One being like, that is the worst thing ever. And five being, oh my God, best television episode. <laughs> when we review episodes of The Leftovers, we rated upon Damon's. That's right. A right. person. After Damon Lindelof. Because he's amazing. So <laughs> this episode... Um, oh, and for Gilmore Girls, we do Cups of Coffee. Cups of Coffee. Yes. That's right. So what are we rating BSG episode? Fracks. Fracks. So frack, here's another thing I didn't get in my 30 seconds. They say frack a lot. <laughs> Lots of fracks. Lots of fracks. Frack and is basically another word for... F. F. Like the F swear word. But Ron Moore and his team was like, you can't swear that much on TV but we're just going to say frack instead. So people will be like, oh my goodness, frack me. And that's, you know. <laughs> hey, Missy Ortiz says that your explanation won. Ooh, and thanks. She said hashtag robots. <laughs> thanks, Missy. I appreciate that. You know, th- it's supposed to have my back, girl. Um, so fracks, you're going to hear fracks. And uh, there's also a big <laughs> phrase called so say we all that we're going to throw in there a few times. Wait, where is it? Where is it? I have no idea. It's not playing. So say we all is a very common phrase that is said. So we're going to see what this episode is in the amount of fracks. One being terror. Not so say we all. There it is. There it was. I got you. One being, oh my gosh, that was really wretched. Why did I waste my time watching this? Five being, holy smokes, that was the best, fracking best, best uh, show I've ever seen. Right. Definitely, you know, top. Yeah. Okay, Reese. Uh, so you're just going to call me Reese. Reese. I'm sleep deprived. Yes. <laughs> what? Um. How many fracks would you give BSG as a series? I'm giving it 4.9 fracks. I hate when you break things up. You no, just can't no, do whole can, numbers. You, no, no. I don't want to do the whole number because it's not perfect. There, there has yet to be an absolutely perfect show I've ever that I've seen. The closest one, oh, the closest one was Lost and Bloodline. Oh, Bloodline gave me nightmares, so that would not win for me. But I'm not saying that they're necessarily better than BSG, but I would put BSG in my top five shows of all time. Wow. Okay. Of all time. So that means it's basically a five. Yes. Okay. That's why I said 4.9. Awesome. <laughs> I'm giving it a four, which is very good. It's very, very good. I like to work in whole numbers right I'm now. I'm not sure. You throw fives about, like you bandy them about left and right. Yeah. And there were some things in this show that bothered me tremendously. Okay. Well, what... what in, in in general terms, what bothered you? I mean, was it? I'm gonna tell you. Okay. People never had dirty clothes. Okay, <laughs> they're on these ships for how many years? Right. How many years? And you never see them have like a yard sale, thrift sale, clothing swap. But everyone has new clothes all the time. How are you getting new clothes? You have been stuck on a spaceship for years. Like the president is always in a new suit. And I'm like, where did you get this suit? Is there a Salvation Army that we don't know about? And did everyone bring a suit when they left the like Holocaust of humanity? So that was one of the things I had serious problems with is how nice everyone's clothes still looked after they were supposedly stuck on a spaceship Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And Blake knows this because every episode I would comment like, well, look how nice that outfit is. Look how beautiful her dress is. Like, oh, where did they get pens? Or like, where did they get paper? Seriously, they had like pens and paper and boxes. Like there's one episode where someone's moving and I'm like, is there a Staples nearby? That was also on the ship that I missed. Where do you get this stuff? You're on a ship. So if I didn't have those issues, I would have thought that this might be a five. But it was something that was distracting to me and made Blake laugh a lot. Yes, it did. (laughs) Yes, it did. No, I love it. I really liked this show. I mean, for for those of you who have not watched it, obviously, we're gonna, I'm going to go in not not a lot of detail, but uh, the writing was spectacular. 
the direction was spectacular. As, as a matter of fact, Ron Moore directed a couple of episodes himself. Uh, John Dahl directed a couple of episodes of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Reimer uh, did that as well. Um, and it was funny because this show, it premiered on sci-fi. And it stayed there for its four-year run. Now, that to me, you know, usually when you watch sci-fi, it's kind of like those those really shitty shows. Blake, oh, no sorry, swearing. I'm not swearing We're on Facebook, Facebook Live. Live. Okay, sorry. You know, um, it, it's it's those it's kind of junky TV sometimes, and you can tell. And you know, it's, sometimes the special effects in, in BSG weren't perfect. They were they were a little dated, um, but it was. It wasn't a sci-fi channel. It wasn't I mean, a sci-fi channel, and let, let's Comparably. talk about let's talk about the you know the um, the special effects at that time. Not as good as they are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably didn't have a very big budget because they are on sci-fi. Um, and the one thing I would say about BSG is that it tried something far different than everybody else was doing at the time. Yes, it took a really big sci-fi show but made it about the characters. And yes, there was some, there's a lot of plot things. There's mythology to it. There's the robots, the coming, robots coming at you, uh, nuclear weapons, the clean clothes, you know, finding new planets, but they never, uh, they never took you out of the reality element. And they always folk, everything was for the most part, character based. The, the, the characters moved the story forward. So, yes, there are sci-fi elements to it. And if you aren't a huge fan of sci-fi, uh, although I don't know how you aren't, because if, you are, if you're watching this, you're either a Leftovers fan or a, uh, a, an Outlander fan, and those are sci-fi elemented as well. If you're, if you're watching that show, uh, and yes, it did have those elements, but it was so special. Um, you know, the character of Starbuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, uh, we'll, we'll get into those things, too, but... Essentially, it was about people just trying to survive. And, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of The Walking Dead a little bit in that way. Because The Walking Dead is a zombie show, right? Yes. But it's more than just zombies. Yes. It's about, it's about surviving. Humanity. It's yes. about humanity. Being, finding out who you are. Where do we go from here? You know, like, um, it, there's, no, there's no earth. You know, there, mm-hmm. there's no, they, they don't have a home because their home was destroyed by Cylons. Yep. So where do they go? Do they just run aimlessly through space in in these ships with with no with no staples, you know? No new clothes. And no new clothes. Do they keep doing that? That to me is is really special. Mm-hmm. Uh so if if you're gonna liken it to something, I'm gonna liken it to Walking Dead. Just okay. no zombies. Yes, and much better. But but I just said that. Just in space. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. And much, much, much better. <laughs> you know, I, I'm so disenchanted with The Walking Dead that I haven't even watched any of the this, this second half of this this current season. But you know what we season. have watched is Outlander. So would is this something that Outlander fans should watch? Yes, definitely. If you consider yourself an Outlander fan and if you consider yourself a fan of Ron Moore and mm-hmm. his work, if you like what you see in Outlander, then you should definitely watch Battlestar Galactica. Because again, for me to say this, I mean, this is, this is big time. It's top five. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying... Lost, uh, 24, Breaking Bad, jeez, uh, you know, I, I can't think of, mu- of many other shows that are that much better mm-hmm. uh, than BSG. Terry Fawcett wants to know, Fawcett, 
I'm going to give it like a little accent. Uh, <laughs> please reference the original BSG as to how it ties into this one. If you haven't seen it, you should. Yes, the original BSG, what aired in the 70s, and Rich, Richard Hatch, uh, who plays Tom Zarek in the new one, was actually, was actually Apollo. So he was a good guy in he the first one. He was a first... good guy in the first one. Yeah. And then years later, he became this bad guy. And right. you can tell who the bad guys are in BSG because they all wear leather jackets. <laughs> no joke. Like, people come in and they're wearing a leather jacket. And I was like, he's going to be a bad guy. He's going to, that's, and they were. Everyone who wore a leather jacket was a bad guy on this show, including <laughs> Richard Hatch. He was the first bad guy to walk in with a little. Yes, jacket. he was. <laughs> he he and he and Dexter's dad, Dexter, the show. If you if you if you know, Dexter's dad in that television show was yeah. Tom Zarek's buddy, and he wore leather too. I didn't watch Dexter because I hate blood. I know. I, I hate know. blood so much. Okay. De- Sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, I'm just afraid of blood. So yes, if you are an Outlander fan, if you're a sci-fi fan, if you just yeah, what what's your opinion? Do you think Outlander fans from for, coming from a woman's perspective? Uh, someone who loves Outlander, who read oh, the books, who yes. who knows, you know, and isn't you know quite as you know nerdy as me or some you know some of the other. Hold up, <laughs> not as nerdy. Well, uh, no, I, what I meant is I'm you mean the, you're sci-fi not, nerdy. Yeah, you're not okay. as in love with okay. BSG as I am, <laughs> okay. so I can't be entirely partial. Mm-hmm. I think if you're an Outlander fan, it's like doing extra homework right now while it's Droughtlander because you get to know so many of um, the different facets of Bear McCreary, of Ron Moore, of this team who has worked on this show that we love so much. If you enjoy sci-fi in any way, shape, or form, check out BSG. For sure. For sure. Um, If you don't like things that make you think, if you just like fluff shows, fluff and utter shows, and trust me, I love me some fluff shows, like Parks and Rec. Hold up. I love Parks and Rec. So good. But it doesn't really make you question no, you but know, Parks and Rec is good because, it, it, like, and like Gilmore Girls too, it gets, makes you happy. It, it turns your brain off for. A I little love bit. it. It's it's one of my favorite shows. But I'm just saying that this kind of show is one that you're gonna watch it, and you might every once in a while say, "Ooh, what would I do in that situation?" and make you think. Right. So it's it. I think it's great. I think it's great, and the lead female kicks butt. Yes, she does. So that is what we have to say for those of you who have not yet watched Battlestar Galactica. It is worth watching. Please do so. It's about people surviving. That's the most important thing. In space. And and if you like that, if you like people surviving, and it's not very, like there aren't aliens, and it's not like Star Trek like that. It's just, it's about people and what they've created. Yeah, and how they survive. And how they survive with each other, really. And what they do to each other. Uh, That is, oh. The relationships. Go, oh, the relationships. Thank you. That you see, that's why she's the better half of this podcast team. She knows exactly what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Tim Gould said, "Bow down to the queen," and I think he's referencing the queen of all nerdy things. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> that's what I'm taking it as. <laughs> My love, are you ready to finally get into the spoiler section? Yes, I am. Is okay. there music? Yes, there is music. Now we can we can play it. So, for those of you who have not yet seen BSG, now is either t- the time to turn off the feed on uh, the live feed on Facebook Live. Please or, don't. Oh. Or Turn off or turn off the podcast. Go watch BSG and then come back. Come back and come back and 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 uh, and deal with us. Then, and if you've enjoyed it, give us a thumbs up. All right, so here we go. Let's but you get can in. stay if you've been watching BSG. Let's talk spoilers. Okay.
Blake. Yes. You get to go first, and you're going to sound so much more eloquent than me because you've watched this series twice. I have. And you've geeked out about it a bajillion times. You've even Blake has gone so far as to draw a piece of artwork. Oh yes, I have. To Battlestar Galactica. I, I perhaps might. I, and as a matter of fact, since you totally did. I, no, I might go get it. But oh. since we're in spoiler territory now, yeah, uh, I can tell you that it's it's Starbucks painting in her apartment. I drew that and I put it. It's hanging on our basement wall outside of our uh, outside of our studio. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited about that. So uh, we want to know about your top five favorite things about BSG. You know, like what makes it one of your favorite shows of all time? What makes it something that you want to podcast about and tell more people about? So I would say the number five. Okay, we're going to go five to one, right? Yeah. Okay, then we're going to go back. We're going to go back and forth, you and I. Oh, oh, okay. I'll be more prepared. Let me pull it up. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Number five for me is the mythology of this show. The, what this show did was it, it took a very simple concept. Uh, Cylons are coming that pe- that people created them. Mm-hmm. They're coming and they destroy they destroy they destroy Earth as we as they all know it. People leave and then they destroy Caprica, and then now we're left with Battlestar Galactica and the whole crew going off and doing their own thing. Very simple, very simple premise. People create things; those things destroy them. But it took a whole different level of connection, and it, it started involving um, mysticism and theology and religions, mm-hmm. talking about the one true God for the Cylons, as opposed to um, the seven gods for the Lord, lords of Kobol. Like, oh my God. And then it started getting onto the- but um boom ting oh my God. <laughs> and then it started getting, oh my gosh. <sighs> so then it started getting into, okay, how do we- Get how do we get past the Cylons? And they start bringing in the things of like the Spear of Apollo and the Book of Pythia and the um, uh, the the uh, what's it called there the uh, the prophecy of Carathrace, the prophecy of of the people losing their way and then coming back and Kara comes back and saves them and it's all connected. And then you start having uh, the song that we just played, which was which is actually entitled Kara Remembers from. Um, season four remember when she's playing the piano mm-hmm. and it's with her dad her dad in quotes um that's it, it's that song right but that song is actually based off of um all along the watchtower written by bob dylan but the idea was that song exists it's existed in humanity for or or what what we consider humanity forever you know, it's gone back to the times of BSG, and it existed. And then they and guys like Sam would sing it, you know, in on mm-hmm. Caprica, mm-hmm. and then and then Kara plays it, and then when she translates it out to numbers, it's the coordinates to Earth as we know it now. Bob like, Dylan, little did he know, right? I know, and <laughs> what a cool freaking idea from Ron Moore to take something that we can all relate to so easily, you know, all along the Watchtower, and then translate that into a whole different world. And say, no, no, it's not what you think it is. It's actually this. How effing cool is that, right? Yes. And so when you, when they start expanding on the mythology and they expand on the Cylons of mythology and the final five and they bring all this in and it illuminates so much story, so much world to live in that they can expand on. And they have. They've, they've made you know, countless t- t- uh, movie to TVs, a TV to movie series. They've, uh, they've made, um, they actually made another show called Caprica 
based off of this. Mm-hmm. It was a prequel to Battlestar Galactica. It was life uh, from Bill, uh, Will, excuse me, Admiral Adama's dad. You have to call him by his official title. I know, right? <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know what? I'm just going to do it right now. So say we all. I, I will, Bill. I promise. And, and then you start adding all that together. You can really explore this world. And it yeah. made it feel meaty. It made it feel like you could. It made you feel like Star Wars almost or Harry Potter. Like there's so much else there that you can explore and dive into. Mm-hmm. It's like Harry Potter. You, you could dive into wand making. Oh, and by the way. You're a wizard, Harry. I wasn't even made the, I wasn't even I was the one who made the first Harry I Potter. I may be reference. rubbing off on you. I know. You could dive into wand making. You could dive into um the Deathly Hallows. You could dive you could dive into all of that stuff. And the same thing goes for BSG. Mm-hmm. It's all the, all the gods and all the different histories and I just loved that. All right, number five for you. What do you got? It was actually all along the watchtower. I just thought really? it was so cool that this song um, brought the silence together. I loved how <laughs> they were just kind of crazy. Like, especially Saul. He would he would just be like putting his ear to all different parts of the ship and freaking out. And... Where it's in the fracking ship. <laughs> no, you had to do it like with crazy eyes. Like, it's in the fracking ship. No, like, but, no you had to do it like this. <laughs> with the one eye. <laughs> the one eye. It's in the fracking ship. <laughs> Like you had to say, kind of drunk and slurry too. You should hold this while you do it. There you go. It's in the fracking ship. Exactly. So um, aside from that, or in addition to that, I just loved that the song played such a major role. The the little uh, music lover inside of me just thought that that was really neat. And um, I don't know. I I loved it. That that whole aspect. But I will agree with you with the mythology mm-hmm. and add in I'm gonna raise you a Gaius Balthar, like Baltar, like how people even created like a religion about him. You know, with there were these big religions, but then even he became a somewhat religious figure. I mean, people when they're under stressful situations create different cult like situations sometimes that mm-hmm. seem to come out of thin air mm-hmm. and I just thought it was really interesting so there you go how about your number four uh, my number four is uh, the conflict um, that comes up um, between you me well not you you but like you the, the the all the all encompassing you us the us the humanity the, the general we the viewership and the show itself. Okay. Okay? Because, you know, Ron Moore has this history with Star Trek, right? And he, Star Trek, is, you know, it's created by Gene Roddenberry back in the 60s. And there's, it was this, Star Trek was supposed to be this perfect utopia. My dad's online right now. Is he really? Dad. Hey, Look Mr. at Earl. what I've become. <laughs> look at your baby girl. I've made it big. I'm on Facebook Live. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So, Notice how I didn't say God that time. Um, You know, Star Trek was created by Gene Roddenberry. It was this perfect uh, utopia. And it was like, uh, you know, everybody got got along and it was was just this great thing. And occasionally you'd have people come in and they'd have conflict. But humans, the people, you and I, we would all get along because everyone was working towards the greater good. BSG, you know, was created by Ron, well, not created, but it was adapted by Ron Moore. And Ron Moore served as a writer on Star Trek The Next Generation. He helped run uh, Deep Space Nine. 
Uh, he was a part of uh, Voyager for a little bit. He did all those things. So he had that Star Trek background. But what he did was is he took the Star Trek stuff, made it cool, and said, we're going to make everybody hate each other. <laughs> we, the, the, the crew is going to have conflict. Their people aren't going to like each other. They're going to have problems. You know, people are going to hate Gaius Baltar. And Gaius Baltar is going to hate other people. And then, you know, and then also, you know, like you have your the father and son. You have Apollo and uh, Admiral Adama hating each other. Of course, by the end, they like each other. But still, they start off with a really, Tons of conflict, really yeah. bad relationship. Saul Tai is a freaking drunk who loses his wife. He has problems. You know, then there's there's racism involved. How everybody hated the Sagittarians, you know, uh, because just because just because they were like a a backwards people, and everybody just couldn't stand them. Nobody liked each other, and that is what is awesome. That is also what made it fulfilling as a viewer, because not everything was perfect. You had to pick sides. You were a fan of Bill Adama in the beginning, or you were a fan of Apollo, or you were a fan of Gaius Baltar. And speaking of Gaius Baltar, by the way. Hey, hold up. He's my number three. I know. Well, taking somebody, taking somebody uh, and using that character as the person who helps facilitate the end of humanity on on Caprica, but making that person a main player in your show and waiting for that desperate moment for everybody else to find out that he did it Mm -hmm. and then stretching that out and then giving him a relationship with a Cylon. And not just uh, like whatever relationship, but this incredibly deep, we are connected and are supposed to save a child relationship. Right, right. You know, like, and, and that's also part of the mythology too. Like the mythology of, of Hera's baby with, with, uh, with uh, Hilo. Uh, like, oh my goodness, right? Uh, uh, you know, and, uh, or not Hera. Hera is the baby. Uh, Boomer. Boomer too. Boomer too. <laughs> um, their baby, like, coming like being saved and like oh god it's just so freaking cool so the conflict like you hated baltar but then you loved him and then you hated you hated uh, apollo but then you loved him and then you hated him again because he was cheating on his wife with starbuck and and then but then you liked him again and that conflict that you kept having it it wasn't perfect it wasn't like good or you know good is here bad is here mm-hmm. you, you there was always gray and because of that, because of the conflict with the crew themselves, and then also how they handled each other, you as a viewer, you were stuck in the the the, the humanity of it all. Like Starbuck, you kind of you kind of got sick of her in the beginning. You were like, "Oh my God, get over yourself! You're not that cool. Like, go smoke a cigar somewhere else." But she too had her own issues, her own inner conflict with her mother, and um, and and her father, and not knowing where she belonged, and. All of those, it, that conflict was perfect. I just, oh my God, I loved it. How about you, my love? Number four for you. My number four is uh, President Rosalind powering through cancer while being president of like the last bits of humanity. Yes. Oh my gosh. And what, um, I don't know, I just, you know, to, to see cancer portrayed on screen is... Um, is sometimes an interesting thing, often very difficult. And I think that they treated it with a lot of grace mm-hmm. and they made it stretch out. 
for a long time. Often on television, like someone has cancer and they talk about it or they might show a treatment once or twice, but then it's kind of forgotten. And cancer treatments go on for a very long time. And it played a very prevalent role with her character yes, in this entire series. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost from day one, you found out that she had cancer. Yes. And it, it, you had to figure, like it went into remission, then it came back and it was like a problem. Yeah. You know? And then like, you, you even had like the conflict when she was taking the drugs and people found out and they're like, how can you be an, a, a real president? When you're tripping. You know, when you're tripping and like you're leading us to Kobol here to try to find our humanity and you could be hallucinating. Are you you know, on drugs right now. And she had to say yes. I also love her because she was in Dances with Wolves, which was a movie that my mom was obsessed with growing up. So I've watched it way too many times. And I know how to say Buffalo. Tatonka. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. How about your number three? Uh, My number three was, um, I think you're going to hate me for this. Bear McCreary. Why would I ever hate you? Because I thought you would say this. Say what? That Bear McCreary was, was one of your favorites. Obviously, but I saw that he was one of yours, so I just figured I wouldn't have to write it down. Bear McCreary uh, wasn't supposed to do the whole uh, to score the whole show. He was working with another um, with another uh, with another composer for the miniseries, and that guy was supposed to take over. But the other guy dropped it, and Bear McCreary was left with it. And this was one of his first big projects that ever. And he was like super young when he was doing this. He kind of didn't know what he was doing. I will say that the BSG overall soundtrack for the, for four seasons is as good, if not better, than Outlander. I would disagree. Oh. There were a couple of moments where yes. I'd sit there and I'd go, ooh, bear. What are you thinking, buddy? Okay. Remember the Twilight music? There was one time where he sounded like, what is that guy's name, Carter Burwell? Yeah. <laughs> If any of you have seen Twilight, the first movie, you know what I'm talking about. Carter Burwell has like the same scoring techniques every single movie he scores. I get to there and be like, oh, it's Twilight guy. So there was one time when I was sitting there and I was like, why does Bear sound like the Twilight composer? What's going on? But I overall would agree with you. And maybe that's unfair for me to say because there's only been a couple seasons of Outlander. Here and it is. Here it is. Is this Twilight or Bear's music? This is Bear. See, you couldn't even so, tell. Well, I'm not I'm not wearing headphones. Oh, well, why aren't you wearing headphones? Because I can generally hear what you're doing. Oh, see? Just picture. Picture Bella Swan <laughs> hanging out with Edward Hold on, on top of the trees. Monkey. And he's like, say it. <laughs> oh, out loud. Uh, Vampire. Vampire. Like, this This right here sounds like Carter Burwell. I really hope Bear McCurry doesn't hear this or see this on Facebook Live because... Uh, that would be embarrassing as well. This is when the, the second ship, the Pegasus, shows up, <laughs> and like they they meet each other, and they're like, "Everything's so cool. We found other humans. Wow!" But I honestly love the rest. This was the you know I should say that I loved. I, I really did love everything except this one song. This one song <laughs> broke my heart a little bit. But can you? Just I'm gonna, play no, a I'm gonna s- let it ride. Please not. I'm trying to ask you to play some of the better pieces. <laughs> no, I'm score. letting this one ride. You, oh. you you brought it up. Oh my god. So aside from this piece, I really enjoyed um, what Bear did, especially early on in his career. I mean, he was able to bring such different um, instrumentation to showcase what humanity would have brought. Hold on, hold on. It gets worse. Gets worse? Right. Act out some Twilight. (laughs) 
right? I'll be, I'll be that. What's the girl's no, name? No, 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 no. All right, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll cut it to an end. <laughs> Good, thank you. I'll cut it to an end. Thank Christ. But uh, no, but <laughs> hey, don't swear. I'm not. That's Take not a swear. Oh, thank sorry. So Cobol. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Thank. Thank Cylons. Whatever. I have no idea. We're pretending right now. Don't it's, worry it's about Battle it. Battlestar World. Don't worry. Anyway, okay. so Bear McCreary, uh he brought an entirely new level. You know, the only person that I think was doing the same level work at this time As was Bear. Michael Giacchino in Lost. And mm-hmm. I would say that Giacchino was better. I But that I maybe I, I might be a little partial. I, I, I also feel that Giacchino's work was a little bit more fleshed out and, and wide ranging. But... I would say less fleshed out than Bear. But wow, okay. really? I think Bear was actually more fleshed out. Uh, he did a lot of varied stuff, whereas... Uh, I I love Michael. I love Michael Giacchino. We've gone to see him in concert now, what, twice? Twice. And um, I think he's fantastic. But if you're comparing this soundtrack to Lost, I would say that Lost is uh, it's kind of the same, a lot of the same things. <laughs> whereas this one... Hey, he even touched upon Twilight. He yes, had bagpipes. He, he had all sorts of stuff. So. Well, regardless, I, he brought a whole new level to television watching. And to, again, I can't reiterate this point enough. The fact that he did it on sci-fi and the fact that they allowed him and to Ron score, Moore to do yeah. what they wanted to do. They had a whole, like Giacchino had for Lost, they had a whole orchestra mm-hmm. for BSG. Which is just not normal. Like, it's especially not. shows on sci-fi, you're going to just have some bloke in his apartment, you know. Yeah, have you ever seen it's from- uh, it's like uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Remember yes. the, the, uh, the the Jason Siegel character? Yes. You know, he would sit in his apartment and play on a keyboard, and he would mimic all these different sounds, and it'd be like tone music and kind of like what Bear does now for The Walking Dead. Um, but th- they had a whole orchestra to themselves. It, uh, that is so. That is it's so fracking cool. Special. So fracking cool. How about right. you, my love? What's your number three? My number three is Gaius Baltar because he made me laugh so many times. <laughs> I hated him so much. Okay, so for those of you who are just watching this and they're like, whatever, I'll be spoiled. He was like this wicked smart scientist, probably the smartest human on the planet Earth. And he found a really hot blonde. So they uh, did the deed a few too many times. And he told her all these secrets about how he could ruin Earth. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, the blonde was a Cylon, a.k.a. robot, and she ruined Earth because he told her all of these secrets. So he was a traitor, and yep. he, like, <laughs> just goodbye. Thank you so much. Um, he then magically becomes the president in a weird turn of an events. You know, he's, I loved his uh, just being detained. Um, he lives in this weird dreamland half the time where he gets to talk and live with this Cylon, but then reality comes and sets in. So he's just crazy town. Right. And then in the midst of this, these people begin having this religious... Um, they, they form a cult of Baltar. A cult, yeah, on, on the ship about him. And uh, he he goes through every emotion. He has all the feelings, all the feels. <laughs> That's, he really does. But he was a joy to watch. He was an yes, absolute was. joy to watch. And if there came to be a slow part in the in the show, but Gaius came on, you'd perk up. You'd be like, all right, let's, let's see what they have in store because right. he's either going to make me laugh or he's going to freak out and I'm going to get nervous for him even though I hate him. So I had to put him in my top five because he honestly was probably my favorite character to watch. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, he was. Well, I mean, I can see why. Yeah, he I can was. totally see why. 
Like, thing, I don't want like a t-shirt of his face, even though that would be hysterical I, if I, I just to, walked around with that. For a long time, the, uh, the, the, the top part of our Facebook page was uh, Baltar for president. <laughs> I always thought that was really cool. Yes. Uh, the thing, my favorite part with Gaius Baltar, you know, the, the stuff with the angels was really cool. Him and him and six and, um, you know, tr- fi- the stuff with uh, Boomer Two's baby. I really liked that. Um, him being with all the different Cylons on the, ba- on the base ships, also really cool. Uh, but my favorite part with Baltar was when they showed the flashbacks to him on Caprica with his dad and how his dad was this farmer you know from um i forget the planet's name oh it's gonna bother me sorry um dare you forget his planet's name where he was a farmer um but seeing his dad and how he had become Mm -hmm. and then seeing it it gave you it really gave you an idea of why baltar became who he was and did what he did Mm -hmm. Because he just wanted to be anything else other than where he came from as a farmer. And he, he pushed himself to survive. And he was like a sniveling little rat, you know. But he saw his father and his father was just kind of there. And he was, he was mm-hmm. drinking and he was, had to be in a, in, a, in a home and he had to be taken care of. And he broke out and, and then he would take all the nurses and like, and just kick them out and Balter had to pay for it all. And, uh, and then the, the one scene with him that really got me going was when he was speaking to his dad and he's like, what do you want me to do, dad? You want me to, uh, stop talking in my Capricorn accent? And then he immediately closed up on his, on his mouth and they, he immediately switches from his very refined mm-hmm. Capricorn accent, you know, to this really, different accent just like this you know like it gave you such an in-depth knowledge of who baltar was and why he prevented himself from becoming what his father was do you know that the facebook chat people hate gaius really hate him why uh slapstick and geeky (gasps) and uh dink Denise threw in a dink for him. Yeah, he he can be spineless, a spineless, can be spineless, giant ego. So I'm not saying I want to be his buddy. Yeah, no, I'm he, not he's not my best friend. I want to hang out. I'm saying I enjoyed watching him. Um, he always pushed the plot forward. As I said, if there was a boring time and guys came on, I was like, <laughs> all right, things are going to get fun. I'm going to sit back up and keep watching. So in my eyes, Gaius Baltar is one of the most fascinating characters I've ever seen. And not because he's this happy-go-lucky dude, but because he is so screwed up. And because he has all these different problems. He is a really fully realized character. Mm-hmm. Y- you, can, you can have a character like, um, I don't know, the Comte St. Germain, uh, who, you know, in Outlander Season 2, spoiler alert, he was just there. And he was mad at Claire because she ruined his... She lost him a lot of money. She lost him a lot of money, sure, but it was just a shipment of stuff. And then he tries to kill her for it. Like, that to me is fracking boring as hell. There's nothing to it other than, I'm good looking. Look at me, and I hate Claire. I, I just, I can't stand that. But what they did with Baltar was the opposite, and it's amazing. Terry says, you couldn't have BSG without Baltar. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. You can't. I know. I'm, I'm saying I agree. Well, what's your number two? We're getting down to the line. 
My number two. Of your favorite things about BSG. I think this is going to piss a lot of people off. Oh my gosh. I think it's going to piss a lot of people off. Well, that is not good. The ending. Okay. I fracking loved the ending. I loved everything about it. Let me know if you loved or hate, hated the ending yeah, in our see, Facebook now, chat. This, this is a big deal because a lot of people hated the ending at the time and since. Like the BSG ending is almost derided as, as much as the Lost ending and the Sopranos ending. Those are like the three shows that have the most controversial endings ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they consistently refer back to it. Uh, uh, the critics and, and a lot of people, a lot of people panned it. A lot of people loved it. And like Lost and like The Sopranos, there was, I feel, this extremely vocal minority about the ending of those shows. To me, the ending of BSG was perfect. And I'm going to get into Kara later. Okay. But I'm going to say it's perfect because... They find Earth. Okay. You have a reveal that it was before people, you and I, lived. It, it, they, they are the ones who helped create us. It was a mix between us and the Cylons. That was Hera, the baby. Mm-hmm. right? And she was the mitochondrial Eve at the end. And people discovered that. And then we had the angels who came in and kind of pushed the people pushed the, uh, the, the, the inhabitants of, B- of Battlestar Galactica and the Cylons to do what they needed to do. You had that, uh, that reveal that not only was um, Baltar seeing Six, but Six was seeing Baltar. And then they both could see each other. Oh my gosh. Your heart just went, the thump. The thumb, the and then thumb. it all, yeah. Then it all came together with the final five and the opera house scene. It, it 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 tied in the conflict. It tied in the mythology. All of it came to a head at this one moment when Kara has to put in those numbers, mm-hmm. and boom, there they are on Earth. The music mattered. The 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 the, the book of Pythia mattered. Uh, everything that they had done, it all mattered. And it reminds me a little bit of Harry Potter in a way. You're a wizard, Harry. Wow, again, yes. I am so impressed and I'm glad I married you. It reminds me because in the end, everything in Harry Potter mattered. Mm-hmm. Everything. Whether it was the wands, whether it was the prophecy of, of uh, Harry, whether it was uh, what uh, was happening with Professor Quirrell or, uh, you know, it could, or Wormtail. All, it all came together in the end. It all mattered. Uh, the only thing that didn't really matter in my eyes was the Deathly Hallows. Like, what did the Deathly Hallows accomplish? Like, yeah, you had the Deathly Hallows. Like, one was the wand. Spoiler alert. One was the wand. One was the blanket. You know, like, one was the, the blanket. ring. blanket. You know what I mean. I do know what you mean. <laughs> I'm ashamed to call it a blanket. <laughs> it, but they didn't really do anything. nothing really mattered for the day regardless the ending brought everything together and what happened with Kara in my eyes was perfect okay it was perfect we will discuss the ending in a little bit yes we will Uh, we're gonna say my number two my favorite of my favorite things about Battlestar Galactica yes god I sound like such a nerd and I am one okay um, the love the love that Adama had for his son and his BFF, Saltai, and for Starbuck. Ah, okay. Okay. When, um, what do you hear, Starbuck? 
nothing but the rain. Oh, God. Oh, so good. Sorry. And how he tells her, you know, you're like a daughter to me. And, um, you know, my mom was in the military for several years. And I that grew up going to Navy base parties and some of my babysitters were like Navy wives whose husbands would be far, far away. And my mom didn't actually like have to be, you know, away from us for very long, only two weeks out of a year for generally most of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and the weekends. Um, but when you're in the military, I, the relationships that these people have, especially if they're under stressful situations, becomes this amazing family that in some ways like is better than family because they go through very different conflicts and they have to often figure out how to work through those conflicts. I know sometimes families don't work through conflicts and they just say, whatever, we're just going to ignore that. But when <laughs> you're manning a ship and when you're at war, you have to find a way to get through that. And it was tough. I mean, you got to see Adama and his son, Apollo, like really clash heads for so much of the first half of the show. And even with, with Saul, when he found out that Saul was a Cylon, he still loved him he still loved him and still said like no you're my number number one like you're my right hand man I don't care that you're a Cylon and everything that he went through was Starbuck my gosh so just just all the love from Adama who I wouldn't have thought in the beginning of the series would have been able to have been capable of having so much love right and I, I want to also say uh, and Anna Spain had pointed this out, and she is 100% right. And Anna, thank you for joining us. I know you said you weren't going to be able to join us earlier, but here you are, and I'm so excited by that. She mentioned the scene at the end with uh, Admiral Adama building the, talking about building the cabin mm. with... Um, with President Rosalind. With, with President Rosalind and how obviously she had passed away. And, you know, and it's the, the easterly view, and it's looking out over the ridge, and... It, it, an absolutely perfect shot. Perfect. And like the music and... Don't even get me started. You can't... It's so sad. It's a perfect ending. Like, Except for one thing, which we will get to, but I agree with you. Adama, pretty good in my book. It, it was It was so... Oh my God! It, it, uh, okay, I, I know that isn't very a technical analysis, but it was just... It was, it was the perfect ending f for what they were trying to accomplish. What, and it was. It was a it good was, bookend. It was a brand new. Yes, from. it was a bookend. It was. It started with Caprica being destroyed, and and ended with Admiral Adama building a brand new home on a brand new planet, looking out over the ridge, uh, with a total unknown and humanity beginning under themselves. How freaking cool is that? I, really, I, I just you cannot you cannot. I love how you geek out more about my top five things than your own. This is very <laughs> exciting. So, drum roll, please. What is your number one favorite thing about BSG? Kara Thrace. Hashtag Starbuck. Hashtag one of my favorite characters ever written. Okay. And I like her better than I like Baltar. Everything having to do with Starbuck in this show, whether it was the boxing matches, like that that whole scene, uh, uh when they're they're going back and forth between uh, Starbuck and Apollo, um, Leodama having their affair, even though they're both married, uh, and saying how they love each other, and they're going to proclaim their um, oh they weren't married at the time. I'm sorry they they were they were in relationships with other people, but they, they proclaim their love out into the abyss, and it's dark, and everyone's dancing, and and they've they've made a new planet. It's going to be it's New Caprica, and um, how cool is that, right? Mm -hmm. 
but it's also this other ugly side of of Starbuck where she is cheating on her husband and she and you want to root for her but you can't i know and it's very difficult you know and then and because then also, i love her and then getting into her relationship with her mom and how she and and then how like leoben takes her back uh to her mom when her mom is dying and all I do she, not want a Leobin in my life. No, no. But he like, was he was like the ghost of Christmas. Which one? Present? Is that where is that where Scrooge starts to get a little sad? I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't even know. But he was just like all of the three ghosts in Christmas Carol combined. That makes you just feel really bad for Scrooge. Yep. That's what Leobin was. And, and let's talk. And then and then also bringing her back to her mom when she was dying, and you realize that she was just trying to live up to her mother, and. Her mother made these huge, like, um, expectations for her, and she could she could never live up to it for, does, in her mother's eyes. Does this scare you as a parent? I mean, we're watching these TV shows where kids are like kids who become adults are completely messed up yeah. because of their parents. All the great shows, they all have parent issues. Oh, Somehow, some like Bloodline, all parent issues. Man, Lost, man. parent issues. Uh, the Leftovers, parent issues. <sighs> Breaking Bad, parent issues. Like maybe our kids will just be boring and they'll be like, shucks, my parents were so <laughs> our, kind our kid, and our supportive. The, our kids will be the NCIS <laughs> of life. <laughs> Hopefully. Most boring show ever. <laughs> but um and, and then how she sees her dad and how that relates to her um passing away and going uh, in 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 Maelstrom when she goes into this in, into the big hurricane and, and then she ends up on Earth. And but that somehow she's recreated, and she, she turns into an angel, and then we have the coup de gras. Oh, what? The ending when she is the angel, and she's talking with Lee, and she says, "My time is up here. I've done my job." I have a problem with this part. And and he said, and she says to him, "So what are you going to do with your newfound life?" And he turns around. And he says, "I want to discover new things. I, I, all I wanted to do was just do nothing, but now I, I want to go out and explore." And he turns around, poof. And he's alone once again. Poor God. Apollo, who has had nobody have his back the entire series, is alone. His dad went to go hang out with some dead chick. <laughs> we'll get more to this later. My uh, number one. You want to know my number one? Well, is? I'm not done with my. I'm not done with Kara. Okay, sorry. I, I, I love. Uh, you know what? Okay, fine. Go no, ahead. No, 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 no. You can, no, you can no. fangirl. No, no. Okay, I, I'm going to fangirl. You want to know why I'm going to fangirl? <laughs> yes. Because I have a Cara Thrace pop-up doll. A, a, Funko a, the pop. The Funko pop, Funko pop, whatever it is. There she is. I love her that much that I have a Cara Thrace Starbuck Funko. She's right there. She's smoking. She is the best. She's smoking a cigar. And the reason why I really, really like her so much, and, and it's why I kind of didn't like her at first, was because she was such like a typical like person who was just like who thought she was you know it. She thought that she was awesome, unbreakable, unbreakable. Yes. Um, and I thought, what what a cliche! Like, don't what such a cliche? But then I realized, Starbuck in the original Battlestar Galactica was a man, and when they subverted those expectations the way that they did, that is really special. That was a giant F you to anybody who didn't frack want, you. Yeah, yeah. A frack you to anybody who did not want to accept Starbuck as a powerful, self motivated, even um crazy at times woman yep. who could handle her own. And she was tough. 
That is, oh, that is great. I love Star. I, I, I love, love, love Starbuck because she was so screwed up. She was so screwed up. Why do you love me? Is that, is that something bad? I can neither confirm nor deny that. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> but she was so screwed up and it was amazing. I loved watching her be tough and I loved watching her be uh, like kill Leoban over and over and over again. But also falling in love with a kid. That wasn't even hers. Oh, but she thought it was. But she thought it was, but she didn't want that to. That was so messed but up. But she couldn't help it. Ugh. She couldn't help it. And, ah, uh, oh God, I just love it. Okay, you're number one, my love. What do you got? The belief in Earth. Ah. Or the faking it till you make it that Adama did. Because uh-huh. Adama didn't really believe that there was going to be Earth. No. But and he, he knew that. Yeah, and he just kind of was like, we have to make our people like all of humanity believe that we're, we're trying to find something because yeah, we're, we're kind of just flying around in space. It's not really that big, right? Not really. It's ginormous. And I don't know. I don't know what to tell my, my crew. I don't know what to tell everyone else. The, the civilians, I, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants and I don't believe in earth. And yet so many people did. And it was just really interesting to see how that, belief kept people going Mm -hmm. and i it just i think it turns back to your fifth favorite thing about the show is just the mythology and it's really interesting to see um people uh question their beliefs and especially in difficult situations um what they can cling to and i just thought that it was absolutely beautiful right and you didn't need to know that earth was a real thing. Like, I mean, technically earth was a real thing. They just didn't know that they could find it. And even when they did find it, it was destroyed. Yeah. And it was just like, people were killing themselves. Remember, remember Lee's wife kills herself. Why are you saying that like that? It was so sad. It was sad, but I'm saying like, it it was real. It was, again, it was future and it was, but it just focused on the people and and like the real, real repercussions Mm -hmm. of what was actually happening. That reality unto itself is what makes this show special. And even though there is this really, really big reality that this, uh, this base reality that we could all relate to, there's also this really exceptional divine force that's at play. When you have, you know, Angel Baltar and Angel Six talking at the end, talking about how this has all happened before, it's going to happen again, and they're on Earth as we currently know it, and they're like, hopefully this doesn't happen again. And it ends with all the robots. And and yet you have all along the Watchtower playing on the radio. And Ron Moore is sitting there reading the paper. You know, like, God is involved. And God, whatever way you whatever way you want to figure it out, whatever way you want to believe, there is something else that's there. And even, even Angel Baltar says he doesn't like to be called God. And you know that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just such a such an epic freaking show. And, oh. Uh, all right, my love. What's the um, what's the one thing you would change? It, going if you could go back in time and go to Ron Moore and say, "Bro, time out, time out. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's reassess this one." Okay. If you could be in the room and say, "Nah, nah, we're not doing that." What what's that? Aside from the fact that these people need to have dirty clothes at some point, I wish Apollo had a happier ending. Because oh, okay. yep. 
Um, you know, he didn't have a good relationship with his dad in mm-hmm. the beginning of the show. He lost his brother, lost his mother. Um, he loved Starbuck, but that never worked out. She ends up being an angel and leaves while he's talking to her. <laughs> while she's like, yay, we made it. What do you want to do next? <laughs> really? Really, Starbuck? Please. My God. Come on. Give him a hug. Um, And then his dad, I wish his dad said, I'm going to go build my cabin and hang out for the last few moments of life. And uh, here's where I'm going. So come and visit me. Like, dad left too. And Apollo's just there with these native people. And he, I just felt really bad. So I would have given Apollo just a little bit of love. I mean, his wife committed suicide. This guy, he got super chubby for no reason. (laughs) Like, he just had a really rotten, rotten run. And my heart broke for Apollo. And my heart broke for lots of characters in this show. And I loved that. I loved that it became so human and that I loved them and hated them at the same time. I don't think I really hated Apollo ever. And I was just so sad for him. And when we finished, I said, that's it. That's what happens to Apollo. Everyone's like, peace out. Remember how we all said we loved you? <laughs> Bye. Mm-hmm. So that would that's my one problem. How about you? You know, I agree with you about Apollo. Um, and there's a very valid story reason in my eyes for me agreeing with you, which is the show starts with the miniseries. And in the miniseries, Apollo and Admiral Adama, his father, they hate each other. And it's probably more Lee hating his dad for abandoning them as a kid and, um, you know, doing what he had to do and getting divorced with his mother and all that other stuff. And his mother was putting things into his brain about his dad. And okay, great. The ending could have, should have been, in my eyes, you know, the President Rosalind dying, you know, even, um, even Kara disappearing. Those were all okay. But the ending should have been. Lee and his father being together because they started the show at hating each other and separate and the, the whole character arc the whole show the the arc that the whole thing yep. would end up with those two together like just say I'm gonna go build a cabin do you wanna be my neighbor yeah or you do you wanna it, build one too right you, down the road you end it with uh, with Lee walking up behind uh, behind Admiral Dama. Uh, in that final shot. Yes. You know, you see the two together. You know what I mean? Yes. Somehow, some way, they should have ended up together. Uh, and it broke my heart. I wish they had each other because everybody else had... Every, you know, Lee wanted to explore, but he was going to go off by himself. Like, no, I think he wanted... I, he, I'm not sure he knew that Starbuck was an angel. I don't think he did. But even if he did... I think he thought that she was going to be with him. Exa- well, exactly. I didn't think he thinks thought she was going to dis- because Sam disappear. had Sam was gone. He yes. was a Cylon, you know. Like, and that was another thing too. Like taking characters that you love, you, you loved Tyrrell, right? Yes. You loved Sam, and you, it's not that you loved Colonel Ty, but you know it, he was Admiral Adama's bestie. Mm-hmm. So you you, you kind of liked him for that. Yep. And you liked him for fighting back against New Cap in, in New Caprica. And they turned. They took all those people and said, "Guess what? They're all Cylons, bitch!" Like, hey, seriously. Oh, sorry. Watch your mouth. Sorry, sorry. They're all Cylons. So, <laughs> how do you like me now? I like how you just re-say it as if you know <laughs> that, that it didn't happen. It. Yeah. Um, 
I wish they had a better ending for Apollo because okay. of that, though. I, re- I really do. And I agree with you on that. However, okay. the one thing that I would go back and talk to Ron Moore about and be like, if I was in the room, be like, <laughs> and like my thickest Boston accent, I'd be like, nah, guy, we can't do that. That Like, that sucks. That, I would, that I would, wicked sucks. You know what we wicked pissa? Wi- that wicked hard sucks, guy. You know what would be, you know be fracking awesome? Wicked awesome? Wicked fracking awesome. Shorten the amount of episodes that you have. Lessen the amount. Because they were doing 22 to 24 episodes per season. That's a lot of and, television. You know, that's an hour at a time. And at the time, that was normal for broadcast network television. That was normal. Mm-hmm. Lost was 22 to 24 episodes. 24 was obviously 24 episodes. Those were all happening at that moment in time. And as you have gotten into this golden age of television, this peak television that we now have, you're seeing episodes go down to 16, 13, 10. And now even for like The Leftovers coming up, it's eight. The Game of Thrones coming up is going to be seven. Can't. I can't. And because they would take all the junk out, all the filler. Yes. I love BSG, but there's filler. There's lots of filler. Remember the episode when um, the doctor was killing all the Sagittarians, oh and Hilo figured it out, yes. and they had this whole thing, and like yes. I hated that episode. Me too. Then we had the Scar episode. I hated the Scar episode, like the one with um, uh, with the, the Cylon ship that would kill all the all the colonial uh, all the Viper pilots, and then uh, and then they had to go kill that one. They had to go kill the one Cylon ship. I I hated that episode. Uh, th- there was a whole bunch of different filler in there that they could just <laughs> cut right out and get down and dirty into the meat of what they were trying to accomplish. You know, you could argue that perhaps it would be 13 to 16 episodes. I, you know, I'll go along as high as 16, but doing 22 to 24 per season for four, for four seasons is just too much. Mm-hmm. Too much, and it, obviously they didn't know at the time, and they didn't. They, they didn't, just did what was normal. They didn't have the golden rule that they kind of have now, where thirteen is kind of the max or where you want to be. Outlander, for example, it was it was an outlier that Outlander was sixteen episodes its first season. True, true. We people were lucky that they got sixteen. From now on, they're going to be thirteen, maybe even ten, but it's going to be thirteen for this upcoming Ooh, season. But them's fighting words. It's crazy, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, and so that's the one thing that I would change: lessen the amount of episodes. However, I do want to give a honorable mention to one thing as being one of my favorite parts of BSG. The honorable mention goes to the storming new Caprica scene when yes. I. Oh my God! When they, when they storm New Caprica, and it's it's them and the and they, the Pegasus was supposed to go off, but then the Pegasus comes back, and then and then you have the uh, Galactica, you know, coming down and then and then jumping out of Earth's atmosphere before it lets out all the sh- all the Vipers. So cool. And then you know you have the famous line of ten thousand feet and falling like a rock, sir. And then you have Bam McCreary's drums you know, like. Oh man, and the whole battle scene at the at, on on the ground itself, and Saul Tide killing Cylons left and right, and that like fifteen minutes was one of my favorite sequences of television ever. Just seeing Galactica fall, fall. and then zing, and then gone. Oh man, that ah, uh, 
that was that was epic. You not only had television. fun watching it the first time, but then you had fun watching it the second time, seeing my reaction, going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Right? I'm oh like, god. I, I was I was sitting there, I was like tensing up. I was I was holding Mary's leg, I, I was holding her uh, holding her knee, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And like, it was I was squeezing her really hard, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like. Just wait, just wait, wait till you see. It's coming. And, and she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you. this is happening. Like, I know this isn't very good podcasting or radio, but it was, it was an amazing sequence. It was shot beautifully. It was written beautifully, and I still have dreams about that line. Like I said, uh, ten thousand feet and falling like a rock. Uh, that, that's one of those moments in television that it's a very simple line, and on paper probably doesn't look like a whole lot. But when you see it actually happening and you have the music and, and you have the intensity of, of everything and, and, and what, not, not knowing, not knowing if Galactica is going to survive. And they, they even played it off like that, too, because once Galactica jumps back into Earth's at, uh, jumps out of Earth's out, atmosphere, yeah. or Caprica's atmosphere, back into its orbit, yep. you have all the base ships now going at galactica and they're shooting the hell out of it and remember when they started panning out and i remember this very vividly they started panning out and it's very sad music mccreary's music swells up and you know and they're panning out and it looks like oh my god this is the end of galactica and mary goes oh my god they, they're gonna do this they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna destroy galactica mm-hmm. and all of a sudden pegasus comes jumps right in boom and and, and all the missiles and and the music pop, it goes back on again. They they really played with you, and because again, with with the, chubby Apollo at the with wheel, with chubby Apollo. <laughs> I don't know why they had to do that to him. Um, well, I, you know, I that was another thing I wish they didn't do. I mean, I I understand what they try to do, just to show time, to show time, and and what the effect of being in space was for mm-hmm. so long, because uh, they were there for a year or, or or more in space just alone. And you can see how he would get depressed and and the, the and start eating and it'd be a mess. Um, but yeah, they really played with the stakes, and because you weren't really sure if if Galactica was going to make it, and it was real, like it, it that was real. It was there. You, you, it it could have ended, and uh, all those people could have died, but obviously they didn't. So and then the show kept going on. Has John was, Gallagher watched BSG? I don't know why. Because he just joined our Facebook chat. John Gallagher, who was our, uh, what is it called? Not man of honor. What's your what, My best man? Your best man. Yes. He was best my BM. He, he, oh, ew. <laughs> he has joined our Facebook Oh, hey, John. So, hello, How are you? John. John was my best friend. and uh, Is yes. your best friend, not yeah, no, was. No, I said he is. Okay, good. I thought you said he was. Um, at any rate, uh, so that is my honorable mention. Boom. I love it. And now it is time for some listener feedback. So that, those drums right there, those are the drums that are playing bah, 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 when, when Galactica is, is going down on Cap, on New Capricorn. Oh, man. That right there is some good Bear McCreary. That's, like, that's revenge music right there. That's revenge music. <laughs> like, I'm going to go get me some Cylons. All right. So we asked for feedback 
on Facebook. And for those of you who are on Facebook Live right now, um, we're going to try to see if we can read some of yours as well. But here's some things that people submitted. So Kristen Lang said, five favorite things, General William Adama times five. Yeah. thing I would change is... Gaius Baltar. Gaius Baltar. <laughs> or more, more politely, uh, give him a backbone, really. You know, just give him something to actually Less like. Less Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> He's too easy, easily manipulated, and he does her head in. And Anna Spain, who was joining us, she also put in her top five. And by the way, if you... if Oh, this is when Pegasus shows up, dude? Yeah. Oh, God. So cool. Anyway. Uh, Anna Spain. So, by the way, guys, if you are in the Facebook live chat right now, please put your, you know, your favorite thing or your top five favorite things or the one thing that you would change. Just the one. I can't read that fast. Okay, yeah. So the one, your one favorite thing, <laughs> or if you, or the one thing you didn't like, but exactly one thing. Right. Uh, Anna Spain says number one was the Wall of the Dead, i.e., nine eleven style. Uh, the colonists were using, and then they were later uh, the Cylons for their, their dead were using it as well. Really cool. Number two, the song All Along the Watchtower, just hey. like Mary. Uh, number three, Starbuck and her men, the death and general, her life. Anna, you and I are like on the same page on this one. Uh, number four, Cylons as humans and the bomb of Boomer being a Cylon, a great opening to the show. Seriously? Yes. And when Boomer shoots Admiral Adama, oh my God. I, I'm like, I think you're really going to have the guts to kill this Pause. guy? What? Pause. What? People need to know about my theory. My theory that I had in the beginning of, of Battlestar Galactica. What's that? I thought you could tell out who was a Cylon oh. and who wasn't <laughs> because who was having sex. <laughs> I swear, uh, for so long, if someone was having sex, I was like, they're Cylon, because Cylons want to do it. Like, like that blonde chick was doing it with Gaius, so that's going to be the thing. If people are having sex, they're probably going to be a Cylon. Remember? <laughs> I do remember that. I do remember that, but that, that was proven wrong was when they found out that Ty- Tyrrell was, was, a, was a Cylon. Oh, well. That's okay. Don't worry. Don't Continue. worry about it. Uh, number five, Richard Hatch to come back as a prisoner and rebel leader since he played Apollo in the original. It was so cool to have him come back and be a part of this show. And I agree with you. To have him, again, subverting expectations, taking Apollo and then making him a bad guy. How awesome. More revenge music. Yes. Um, and number five, uh, the one thing that she would change would have to be Apollo and Starbuck not getting together after yes. everything. She also did not like the boxing matches and the marriages and her death. Anna, I'm going to say the boxing match uh, episode was probably my favorite episode aside from the finale or the, the two-parter finale. I loved that that episode because you got the chance to find out so much about those characters. I, I, I love the boxing match. Anybody else, my love? What, what do we got? Uh, Denise Stewart says she loves Starbuck and the music and she liked Saul. Yes. Word. Team Saul, but right. right there. Do we have anything else so far uh, I popping know, I just up? I lost my chat. Oh, okay. Missy RT says, all I have to say is the cool thing is when I do watch the show, now I'm going to be thinking of you guys. Yay. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Kristen Lang thought that uh, Admiral Dama was, was really dead when he was shot. Uh, I did too. Right. I did too. Anybody else got any any anything else? Last moments to the, the weigh in moments. on our BSG chat. You know, this this has been a long time coming. Um, we, of course, got into this because of the Outlander connection. And I'm so happy that we did. It is something that if you like sci-fi at all, if you like Outlander, if you are just looking for a really interesting, different television show, we totally recommend checking out Battlestar Galactica. So <laughs> in the meantime... 
Um, I think we're gonna close out the show. You want? You really want to close it out? That, that this is the end. This is the end of the BS. I've been waiting for months for this show. I'm not sure I if know, I'm ready to let it go. You even created like a really cute graphic. I did because that's because I'm. It's because I'm really cool. Uh, by the way, we want to let you know that we're going to be doing a giveaway. Yes, we are. We're going to be doing a giveaway, and I'm going to bring it up uh, right now uh, for you. And uh, the reason why we're doing a giveaway. It's a Battlestar Galactica giveaway. Yes, it is. It's coming up on the Facebook Live feed uh, in a moment. And the reason why we're doing a, uh, a giveaway is because we're actually, this episode is being sponsored. Uh, by Except Inet's it's not shop. named Blake Larson or no, Mary Larson. No, it is not. And here it is. You can see it up now. It's actually a poster of the show, I mean, of the actual Battlestar Galactica itself. Uh, you can hang it up in your in your on your walls or what it doesn't really matter you can put it in your office if you have a, a nerdy studio like us you can put it there as well uh this is what it looks like and uh for those of you who are watching the facebook live feed uh and for those of you who are listening to the episode after the feed i will put this on the show notes uh and you can enter the giveaway after uh the episode is posted up on our website and you can enter there uh and the reason why um we are doing this is because we are sponsored by an etsy shop called inked and screened and inked and screened what they do is they actually have they, they do uh, screened t-shirts they do wooden keychains they do all this really cool stuff and they're all a lot of them are battle vinyl decals posters right. all different kinds of stuff and and they they do um they do a lot of stuff with Battlestar Galactica. And I, I saw these guys, I contacted them and I love their stuff so much. Like we have uh, this, actually, here it is. For those of you who are watching the feed, they gave us a wooden keychain. People want to see your artwork, by the way. Is um, it easy to come off? Okay, yes, it is. Um, they gave us a wooden keychain uh, that uh, actually has the Battlestar Galactica steel, seal right on it. And uh, it's it's freaking awesome. And so they have a whole bunch of this stuff. And they want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Inked and Screened Etsy Shop. And actually, we have a deal for you to just to let you know. A deal. We have a very special deal. Um, if you go to inkedandscreened.com, obviously check out all that great stuff. Uh, but if you want to buy anything there, if you don't win uh, the poster that we put up, uh, you can actually go and use the coupon code OutlanderCast, just one word, OutlanderCast, and get 25% oh, off. Oh, 25%? 25%. I, that's, wow. I think that's the biggest coupon we've ever given. That's amazing and so, awesome and so generous. So thank you so much to, to inked, our awesome sponsor, go, so go Yeah. So go to inkedandscreened.com. And for now, my, my love, I think I am finally ready. This will be up on our website and in our show notes for those of you who do want to check out um, our sponsor. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll go get the. Uh, I'll go get my painting. Okay. Well, why don't you play some music and I'll talk about what's coming up next. Okay. Uh, here, well, well, I'll play this for now. This is the uh, song that was playing during the dancing scene on New Caprica. But don't close hey. up the show yet without me. Okay, so here's some fun facts. If you are a watcher of Outlander, don't worry, because we're going to be having tons of new Outlander cast episodes coming to you straight either through your podcast app. And we might be doing some Facebook Lives like this. I would love to know if you have had a chance to watch Facebook Live, what your thoughts are. Do you like the setup? Is it light enough? And those of you who watch The Leftovers, The Living Reminders podcast is coming back at you so incredibly soon. I'm so excited about that show. We're going to be doing it live just like this, but with different name logos below. Get pumped. 
And here's Blake with his awesome artwork. I'll let you know. So Blake uh, has a weekly art class, and here you go. It's actually perfect. It's perfect. You might not have just tilted it so that the glare isn't there, but this, of course, is to... Oh, maybe don't do that. Now you guys know we have lights in our rooms. <laughs> Denise says, Blake, no words. Yay. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. I'm not closing out the show. I'm not closing out the show at all. Don't you worry, darling. But I'm just thanking you guys because this was so exciting. This is our first Facebook Live and our new setup. And I would love to know your thoughts. So if you do get to watch this video, let us know what you think because um, we're pretty pumped about it. All right, my love. Now uh, I think I... Now we can actually close out the show. Finally ready to close out the show. (laughs) We're going to close out the show and I want to just thank all of you who've taken the time to listen and to geek out about all things Battlestar Galactica. Coming up in the near future for Blake and myself, we're going to be talking about The Leftovers because that's back in season. Going to be doing a lot of Facebook Lives for that. Going to keep you company during Droughtlander if you're missing out on some Outlander stuff. Want to let you know that we have a Facebook group called the Outlander Cast Clan Gathering. Check that out. But a huge, huge, huge thank you needs to go to all of our patrons who help support us and make this possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash outlandercast. And I want to especially thank Peg Cumby, Nikki Gastonow, Dana Mott-Bronson, and Liz Turner for their incredibly generous support. Until next time, ladies and gents, I'm Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And you've been listening to the Battlestar Galactica special on Outlander Cast. Does it feel good to say that? Battlestar Galactica special? It's a little hard to say if you're saying it fast. Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) I've been waiting for this show for so long. I've missed it. I know. It's good. It's very good for your soul. All right, let's let the closing moments of Battlestar Galactica from Bear McCreary speak for itself. 